0: Hello and welcome to Do the Right Thing, your weekly writing prompt podcast. I'm Alexandra, and I'm Jarvis. Jarvis and I are recently killed criminals and are trying to carry out our last will and testament. However, uh, we can't we can't write out that testament, so we can't do it. That's the problem. The problem is we can't we can't do the writing. Uh
1: huh. Exactly. But we are so filled with rage that we reclaim our corporeal form to issue you a challenge. Each week, you sit down and write a complete short story using three or four randomly generated words.
0: Then we come on the podcast, we read the story, we talk about what we learned in reading it, and then we talk about stories sent in by you wonderful listeners. Exactamundo. we're simply here to help you do the right thing. A doof, a doof media Shun. Media Perfectly in sync. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Oh, uh, speaking of um, shedding our corporeal forms, because you, you said that a second ago, um, mm-hmm. I made a new Twitter account.
1: Oh nice. Is this like um, a... it's like a, a stance with
0: No, it's well, it is a themed account. It's a, it's a what are those called? Not gimmick accounts, but it's like where it's like it's got one purpose, you know. Yeah, um,
1: it's um I mean like I've only heard of like a defense stuff,
0: but No, no, it's nothing like that. Uh but um it's uh it, the the handle is nb uh, ideal forms And the handle is non-binary ideal forms. And the entire Mm -hmm. purpose of it is that I uh, quote tweet images of um, like otherworldly creatures or images or just places. And then I quote tweet it with um, the comment um, ideal form. And that's the entire (laughs) account. So if you scroll through, you will see a couple dozen uh, posts of just like images i'm um, like that's an ideal form i wish i could stop being human and be that instead
1: <laughs> that's kind of hilarious you should spread that uh, around I-, I can see that taking the place of a, a lot of these uh, shitty meme uh, accounts that are riddling twitter
0: mm-hmm. well i can't wait until i can actually um carry out those uh those desires you know i oh, yeah. um there was one uh, that was just a, um, a fog uh, that you could see over uh, a cliffside. And I was like, that's an ideal form. I wish I could transcend my humanity and just become fog. a fog on a uh, cloudy, stormy night um, in the morning uh, with the dull green hills rolling in the, in the background. But unfortunately, I can't. Um, uh, or another cool. option on that, um, I, uh, a strawberry hedgehog. That would be cool, too. <laughs> so...
1: Honestly, I have always wanted to be a, a Wendigo, you know, mm-hmm. I think it would be really cool being like super skinny and like having pasty white skin mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and, you know, trying to bite other people. Eat, yeah. You eat wouldn't have to people. cook anymore, you know, so yeah. that's handled. Especially you know, since, I, feel like... since like, I live in a college town, there are so many people. right right
0: right 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 i feel like that's an attainable goal you know like i i feel like that's one of the sort of cryptids that's like there's a how-to manual on how to become that and i I feel like if you really set your mind to it jarvis you could become a wendigo you know just to starve yourself for a bit and then eat a couple people and then you're you're there and it's i i mean that seems pretty achievable see
1: that's that's the hard one i just kind of want to get bitten by another wendigo Mm. so i don't have to starve my myself does that
0: does it also work that way
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. It um does. Uh, apparently okay. if if you get bitten but he does but the Wendigo doesn't eat you for some reason, you also turn into a um Wendigo. So I think that's the like better way. I just have to find a very snowy forest somewhere and just sort of like walk around at at night and uh, wait for him.
0: You just yeah, just yell Wendigo and it'll 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 come. Um Wendigo, where where did you go? You know you sing that song. <laughs> cotton
1: like a scooby-doo spinoff
0: it probably is <laughs> wendigo, um, where'd you go <laughs> i think uh i think there's an episode of ben 10 where he gets a wendigo form or something where it's like a it's really? like a cross between a wendigo and a werewolf anyway mm. um uh yeah that's another thing of uh i don't know why vampires and werewolves and all those aren't doing a public service and just offering free scratches and bites like it's kind of ridiculous so how selfish are you just to keep the immortality the curse of undeath to yourself
1: I know I mean I think it's definitely like pop like population control because if everyone lives forever um, then I mean who would uh, work all of the uh, lesser paying jobs because I mean if I was living (laughs) forever I would quit any minimum wage job I have 100%
0: okay well then hopefully maybe businesses pay people a bit more to clean up it mm, won't be minimum yeah, yeah. wage anymore. That's the whole idea. Hmm. So, universal or, you know, basic a, vampirism. Uh, That's my congressman. You're so right.
1: Um, okay. Uh, so, anyway, what are the words this week, Jarvis? Thank you very much. The words for this week are boot, direct, theory, and home. Wow, I wonder if uh, those stories actually, those words
0: showed up in the story. Some of them might have, maybe.
1: Probably, I'm pretty sure. Hate. Uh, Oh, and um, also the topic this week is hate.
0: Yeah, that's right. So um, we didn't write a story this week, but I did pull out an old story that I read um, a couple years ago. So actually, so my first um, semester at my college, um, I took uh, world literature. It was my my last basic English course to take. and um, in it, so it was pretty cool. It was run by this one uh, professor. Uh, um, oh, and that, that, tell, that tells you nothing. It was run by a professor. <laughs> but it, it, the theme of it was um, death and um, the supernatural, I think. Mm. Um, and so we had a bunch of like horror stuff and it was world literature. So we had stuff from, from everywhere, um, which is pretty cool. That's where we I read the, the worst uh, gothic novel, um, The Castle of Otranto. It's terrible. Don't read it. <laughs> <laughs> um it's really stupid uh but we also read um this collection of short stories called uh Kwaidan, um which is a you read a bit about the guy do you want to do you want to talk about the guy that wrote it
1: um yeah so the guy's name is let me pull it up real quick uh Laf-
0: lafcadio hern which is a pretty yes, cool name
1: la lafcadio hern uh and basically he was born in greece um but after his parents abandoned him, he moved to um, a Dutch nation, and then after that, he moved to the states. And f- after finally settling in Japan, where he found his himself a pretty good wife, and he was just so sort of fascinated by uh, Japanese culture that he set out to um, write this this whole uh, collection of um, short stories. Um, so yeah they're all yeah. pretty good I've, I've read i think about two of the bunch including the one that um we're gonna read today and yeah it, it seems that a, a lot of his stories are are halfway between folk f- folklore and just sort of trying to um i guess e- explain a said culture in a sense
0: mm-hmm. yeah so as i understand it basically um there's a lot of um there was basically a ton of uh supernatural stories in the area and written in old texts and and stuff and scrolls and he talked to people in those temples and he was able to write them down and translate them to the best of his ability and you know he's a you know i was about to say american but you know that's a bit more complicated but you know a western person who had just moved to japan and he i'm I'm sure he learned japanese but you know he still had a, a different you know perspective and he's from um you know the late 1800s early 1900s basically mm-hmm. so you know not a, not a, like a perfect uh, objective and entirely culturally knowledgeable perspective but he, he did give it a good shot so yeah. um but like in the story in the stories you know he explains some of the terms to english-speaking audiences and stuff and um but uh there's a lot of short stories in there some of them are, are better than others i i like this one just because it was short and it had to do with hate Mm-hmm. Uh, but maybe we'll, we'll pull out some of the other ones because, um, you know, they cover a pretty broad variety of, of themes and also it's in the public domain and mm-hmm. it's, um, That's what done. I was gonna say. Yeah. And it's done by, um, it was covered by, uh, the, uh, project Gutenberg, which, um, basically takes tons of, uh, public domain stories and uploads them online for people to download. So you can actually go ahead and download that, uh, short story collection easily. And it's a pretty good read. So I, I do recommend it. Definitely, um,
1: definitely. Uh, oh yeah. So the one we are going to be reading today from the short story collection is named "Diplomacy." Yeah, which I think is a, a very appropriate name for this story. <laughs> Do you think so? Well, no. I think it's like not not contrary. It's that mm-hmm. the things that are happening within this story are, in fact, not diplomatic in mm-hmm. any sense.
0: Um. So I also read some of the other stories in, in it uh, as I was um, going through it, um, and <laughs> I just read one of the ones that pissed me off so much. <laughs> I don't know why it's written this way, but it's a pretty good story for the most part. It's called The Mirror and the Bell, uh, but it's not really not really important what it's about. The ending, though, um, it has to do with this, um, this old uh, married couple. They are given, um, by the spirit of wealth, uh, a jar, right? Mm -hmm. And they open the jar, and it's like it was filled to the brim with. And then there's a paragraph break, and it says, But no, I can't, I really cannot tell you what it was filled with. And that's the end of the story. It's like, (laughs) Why? It's not.
1: That's hilarious.
0: (sighs) It's terrible. So
1: they had you.
0: Yeah. But uh, this is not that. So, okay, I'll just go ahead and give it a read. Sure thing. It had been ordered that the execution would take place in the garden of of the Yashiki. So the man was taken there and made to kneel down in a wide sanded space crossed by a line of tobi-ishi, or stepping stones, such as you may still see in Japanese landscape gardens. His arms were bound behind him. Retainers brought water in buckets and rice bags filled with pebbles, and they packed the rice bags around the kneeling man, so wedging him in that he could not move. The master came and observed their arrangements. He found them satisfactory and made no remarks. Suddenly, the condemned man cried out to him, "'Honored sir, the fault for which I have been doomed I did not wittingly commit. It was only my very great stupidity which caused the fault. Having been born stupid by reason of my karma, I could not always help making, making mistakes. But to kill a man for being stupid is wrong, and that wrong will be repaid.' So surely as you kill me, so surely shall I be avenged. Out of the resentment that you will provoke will come the vengeance, and evil will be rendered for evil. If any person be killed while feeling strong resentment, the ghost of that person will be able to take vengeance upon the killer. This the samurai knew. He replied very gently, almost caressingly. We shall allow you to frighten us as much as you please, after you are dead. But... It is difficult to believe that you mean what you say. Will you try to give us some sign of your great resentment after your head has been cut off? Assuredly, I will, answered the man. Very well, said the samurai, drawing his long sword. I am now going to cut off your head. Directly in front of you, there is a stepping stone. After your head has been cut off, try to bite the stepping stone. If your angry ghost can help you do that, some of us may be frightened. "'Will you try to bite the stone?' "'I will bite it!' cried the man in great anger. "'I will bite it! I will bite it!' There was a flash, a swish, and a crunching thud. The bound body bowed over the rice sacks, two long blood jets pumping from the shorn neck, and the head rolled upon the sand. Heavily toward the stepping stone it rolled, then, suddenly bounding, it caught the upper edge of the stone between its teeth, clung desperately for a moment.' and dropped inert. None spoke, but the retainers stared in horror at their master. He seemed to be quite unconcerned. He merely held out his sword to the nearest attendant, who, with a wooden dipper, poured water over the blade from half to point, and then carefully wiped the steel several times with sheets of soft paper, and thus ended the ceremonial part of the incident. For months thereafter, the retainers and the domestics lived in ceaseless fear of ghostly visitation. None of them doubted that the promised vengeance would come, and their constant terror caused them to hear and to see much that did not exist. They became afraid of the sound of the wind and the bamboo, afraid even of the stirring of shadows in the garden. At last, after taking counsel together, they decided to petition their master to have a sagaki service performed on behalf of the vengeful spirit. ''Quite unnecessary,'' the samurai said, when the chief retainer had uttered the general wish. ''I understand that the desire of a dying man for revenge may be a cause for fear, but in this case, there is nothing to fear.'' The retainer looked at his master, beseechingly, but hesitated to ask the reason of this alarming confidence. ''Oh, the reason is simple enough,'' declared the samurai, divining the unspoken doubt. ''Only the very last intention of the fellow could have been dangerous,'' and when I challenged him to give me the sign, I diverted his mind from the desire of revenge. He died with the set purpose of biting the stepping stone, and that purpose he was able to accomplish, but nothing else. All the rest he must have forgotten, so you need not feel any further anxiety about the matter. And indeed, the dead man gave no more trouble. Nothing at all happened.
1: Cool, cool. So a really great story. Um, I really do love um, the beginning scene of the man uh, who's about to be killed and just how graphic his murder is <laughs> yeah. mixed with just the seething hate you can feel uh, coming from this uh, uh, coming from this man. And I think afterwards, it it did a really great job of sort of setting or sort of setting up and also showing this sort of superstition that they felt about this dying man, only for it to end in a almost anti climactic but under, but understandable place. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, um, it's interesting that it's a. <laughs> revenge uh, supernatural ghost story and yet it ends in a, in a happy ending basically because it was yeah. like it dealt with before it became a problem um, which is interesting Um, but I think that it being so short kind of helps that out that this like not like you have a 10 pages of build-up going up to this thing and then you're just like let down oh this was fine the whole time Um,
1: mm-hmm. yeah definitely I really did like how we started in the thick of the action and how all of these characters don't really have character but at the same time we don't need to know anything about these people specifically you know we're just really focused on this event and and like even when uh they wrote that the head did did roll and bite the the stone i was feeling a bit superstitious because that's because mm-hmm. that is exactly what that man willed in his last final moment. So yeah, I just thought it was very, um, I thought it was very interesting how they sort of tackled this, uh, supernatural air, um, that, that this story has.
0: Yeah. And it's a uh, interesting, you know, lesson that it's in- imparting, um, you know, it's like a lesson of like how to, you know, deal with ghosts. Um, but also, I don't know. I think there's something about how, um, you know, you, 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 fill your head up with hate and then you aren't able to to think clearly mm-hmm.
1: um how it's blinding
0: yeah yeah um uh although i kind of yeah i kind of wish that these people were you know haunted by this ghost considering they kind of do deserve it they killed a stupid man just for a mistake yeah just for uh, being stupid yeah it's not his fault he was just stupid oh, yeah. um <laughs> So yeah. um, but this sort of um, theme about ghosts being able to uh, carry out their final wish comes up several times in the in the collection. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and yeah, there there's some there's at least one where uh, actually in the next story, um, where this woman uh, she commits suicide out of, out of shame, but like in her suicide note, she writes what her last wish is going to be, and then that does get carried out basically um and uh Mm -hmm. sort of this implication that like yeah if you die for any reason with this uh a very strong feeling in your heart your ghost will will carry it out um which is also probably maybe a little concerning view uh, of death but you know uh (laughs) maybe it gives some like utility to, to something that is often you know viewed as as futile and kind of pointless
1: Oh, definitely. Uh, yeah, I just really like how this story seemed to take a lot of historical elements and mix that uh, that in with a lot of the with a lot of the supernatural elements, and while also truly being its own thing. Um, and uh, and I do feel that the moment after the uh, man died, that sort of like really small moment of them really believing in this sort of superstition and and how it sort of clouded their their uh, judgments to the point of even starting to do this sort of ritual for the person that they did kill. I just really thought that was a really great moment Um, and I almost do wish yeah that they were either really haunted or that that moment would have been extended in a sense because I feel that that is where the emotional in impact is versus the pure hatred that we feel in the beginning Hmm. yeah
0: yeah um this is a you know a fairly short story so there's not yeah, you know quite too so. <laughs> much to go into it but um yeah i i thought it was an interesting perspective and um i i did feel that it you know fit the fit the prompt well that this sort of hatred was used to carry out something totally meaningless um Just because it, you know, wanted he wanted to to scare people, um.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um. Well, all right. I think that's all we really have to say about this story. Uh. So I think it's high time to move on into our listener submitted story section. Absolutely. Um. Mm -hmm. So who we got this week? Yes. So this week we'll be reading stories by, Glittering Coast, Jarby Jazz, and Nipleton. Hell yeah. and, the, and the first story for this week is by Glittering Coast with Scambait. Uh, yeah, so this is a, a, a cool
0: story. So we have a, a hacker uh, here sitting behind their computer screen, and um, we hear them listening to um, uh, a call center uh, call someone. And uh, we start to understand that, oh, so this is... Um, a bunch of scammers right calling an old man and uh, going to guide him through uh a a antivirus installation but actually they're going to get access to computer and and steal a bunch of money if possible or just scam him out of um uh five hundred dollars that that to pay five hundred dollars to get rid of the viruses and, and whatever uh but this hacker is just watching this all and we can really tell how much they hate um these scammers that that you know prey on um unwitting people who are are not entirely you know good people like this old man is a little <laughs> racist the implication is but yeah um uh but he you know still wants to take revenge anyway and this is where he um the the hacker um finally it takes action and uh, hits some buttons and shuts down the entire, all of the electricity of uh, the the place and delete all of the information that the call center had ever collected. Um, and um, he can't stop them all, but he can do his part. Is the the final thought that he has?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So I uh, really dug this this story. I think the um, the hate in this story is handled very well. It isn't so overt the um main character doesn't really talk about it at at length you just feel the the hate in their views on these scammers and also within their um actions so yeah i i think that the hatred in this was was handled very well i think that the story did a great job of sort of showing that not everyone like there isn't one good person within this there is the the bad bad person who is the scammer there's the um old misguided man who who um as you said my my harbor some sort of racist views just solely based off of the first question that they asked the um scammer and then um watching 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 all of this is our main character who is of course who is of course hacking but hacking for the for the right reason so yeah, I I think that this story sets up a really interest a really interesting situation and yeah, I just really liked how it uh, played out. So, a really great job.
0: Um it also just somehow happened to be topical. I think just like a, a week ago I was listening to something on on NPR about a mm. a specific hacker um that would do things like this and was trying to um uh, attack and get the information of these Call centers to hand it over to um, the police of the the home country um, mm, and things like that. Yeah, and um, it was interesting how um, it, it, apparently some of the people that like work at those centers don't even know that they are scamming people. Really? Um, yeah, yeah. They just they they think that that's that they're actually doing antivirus stuff, um, and they don't realize that. Yeah, no, they are actually. It, it's not like they you know they do the step of like stealing bank information. And they're like, oh, this is fine, but like they um you know install a a remote viewing thing or just like get this person to pay a bunch of money or whatever and it feels legitimate but it's not
1: Mm -hmm. damn yeah that is pretty crazy Uh, i I had i I had no clue i mean i thought that every single last one of them are doing this by themselves but but i can't see how they're just one cog in a larger system so yeah Mm -hmm. that's crazy yep yep um well, all right uh up next is by nippleton with interlude 5
0: um so we this is a, a short scene um mm-hmm. but we pick up just post a um, an execution um, by um I don't want to say firing squad because I feel like it was just like one person but um so someone's been been shot and then uh, a more um, professional and learned, a uh, revolutionary talks to the soldier that um, did the the killing, who is you know kind of um, shaking in the in the wake of that, or at the very least, you know, really really upset about it. And um, this revolution tells them about how uh, they have a theory about how um, to be a revolutionary. You have to be guided by love, uh, but to defeat the enemy, you have to have hate, and so you have to have both. And it's always really difficult. You have to hate your brothers and. Uh, fathers and mothers and sisters out of love um mm-hmm. and that this is also echoed in, in christianity and, and things like that um and finally ending with this you know articulate sentiment of love without cruelty love without cruelty has no teeth cruelty without love has no eyes now pick up your gun we bring another one and uh, <laughs> the final sentence it finally uh gives the 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 frame for all this which um um they bring out the next to be shot as they pass the cigar i snapped a photograph of the two soldiers so to frame this all that actually this is like um almost like a caption to a um a famous photo or something
1: mhm yeah definitely i thought this this story was fantastic when it came to um really bringing across these strong emotions um in such a uh, in such a short piece Um, And I think that the way it was uh, written really, really lends itself to be read fast. But also uh, it allows you to take time and uh, really focus on each one of of these lines because it is so short. Um, So, yeah, I I just really enjoy the the sentiment that is coming uh, across. I think that the um, idea of that love, love without cruelty has has no teeth cruelty without love has has no eyes that is a really great line and yeah i just think overall this uh, this story is evoking so many different emotions of of hate but also this sort of subtle feeling of um regret within all of it so mm-hmm. really great job overall
0: yeah yeah um and i i like this uh, exploration of having to do you know terrible terrible things for a cause you really believe in and i feel like i could see this this character um that that was speaking you know this suave revolutionary that's kind of um you know completely confident of his uh his actions and things even if it like it might be more uh questionable than he allows himself to to think
1: yeah definitely our final story for this week is by jarby jazz with victims of grenfell are still without reparations
0: yeah, so this is a an interview um, done between a a prime minister that was elected for like ten years, and um, a interviewer. And the interviewer, throughout this this um, conversation, um, is thinking to themselves what they what they really think, even though when they ask the questions, they're they're just doing the ones that they've been coached to and, and directed by a director, um, and not really pushing at all. And, and it's clear that in the end, that this piece will probably be. Framed and and done as, um, uh, complimentary as possible to this this former prime minister, and this prime minister, it talks about it. What a what a struggle of a life they have because they're harassed by uh, journalists and things, um, and they have um a bunch of wealth and and people say that that's bad and they don't deserve that. Um, and then we get into the main controversy. This thing about Grenfell is that um, there was this uh apartment. Uh, building or, or, or complex that burned down. Um, presumably, people died, or at the very least, their homes were burned down, and that this apartment complex was, like, partially owned by at least half of the parliament, including this this prime minister. And, um, uh, this prime minister just denies it and says that, no, it was like, uh, anonymous that framed them, that burned the building down, and then, um, uh, changed the, the the hacked the the numbers to to say that they didn't. Um, it's interesting that hacking showed up in, in both of these, but
1: mm-hmm. yeah.
0: um, but that yeah, there's there's no one to blame. Um, and uh, it's not his fault at all. And then he, he doesn't remember if he actually owned this building or not. And a bunch of you know lies and things. And the interview is pretty upset about it. But in the end, um, it's uh, sort of implied that even though this whole interview is is um you know done in in favor of him that maybe he's sort of uh indicting himself he he turns to the camera and says um uh, i hope people uh, show some empathy before typing or applying online some of us are in the public eye must constantly be showing a brave face that we can never be in public um some things we experience will never be understood by the majority of the public like having to pay higher taxes the excessive bureaucracy and forms that need to be filled out and having to accept any lasting consequences for any small action we make. So I ask the public to demonstrate a little understanding. Please and thank you, Britain. Uh, which is just like, wow, what an obnoxious asshole. <laughs> uh, you know, th- th- he thinks all these are problems. But we end with a bit of pessimism as well, as the interviewer thinks to themselves. I want to say that the public will see through this and realize he's a piece of shit, but the past decade has showered me to that, no- soured me to that notion. And frankly, mm. uh, interviewer person, I agree. <laughs> God damn it! One hundred percent.
1: Yeah, but I mean, honestly, this is a really well constructed story. I mean, reading it, uh, I thought, yeah, I could totally see my uh, myself thinking that this is a, an actual interview because both of these characters feel very be believable. It feels like um, the uh, the uh, the prime minister is putting up this this front of feeling guilty, but you can also really feel that. He doesn't feel that way. Um, and that, you know, as you see, as he's shifting blame from this to to this, it just really feels like this uh, prime minister is trying to save his own ass. And I mean, that's that scene uh, at the very end where he's asking for forgiveness when uh, there's nothing like there's no reason why anyone should forgive him. And I think that the character of the reporter is um, doing very well with, you know, asking these sort of pointed questions without, you know, them um, sort of out uh, without them outwardly um, sort of attacking the prime minister. I think overall, this is a really well constructed story that, um, yeah, that really does lend itself to uh, creating these these really great uh characters in this really strange situation. So overall, really great job. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so thank you to everyone who did write your story this this week. It does our heart good. So we want to give a big old do the right thing thank you to everyone who did write a short story. So thank you very much to Glittering Coast. Thank you to nipotin And thank you Jar B Jazz. And we would also like to say thank you to everyone who did leave two or more comments. Leaving comments not only lets you put all of your thoughts on your own story out there, but you are also providing someone else with crucial feedback that can only make them and you a better writer. Thank you very much too, Jarby Jazz, Glittering Coast, and Nipotent. Thank you so much for leaving comments. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to be like all these
0: wonderful writers and uh, r- write a story for do the right thing and get your practice in and get good. Uh, all you have to do is sit down for 30 minutes and then use three or four randomly generated words that we're uh, going to announce at the end of the podcast.
1: Mm-hmm, exactly. And if you want to support us and everyone else in doof media, you can do that by donating to the doof media Patreon. All you have to do is donate $10 or more per month to get access to exclusive bonus content, including uh our own podcast doof over where we talk about things that that doof did typically anime and we doof it over
0: <laughs> yeah um there's uh, always so much else going on in doofmania we just did the uh, game club uh, for um uh what was the game that they covered it was a game that um elliot really likes i forget. The game club for uh, the game Blue Fire, um, and even if you haven't played Blue Fire, go ahead and, and go and watch that um, the the game club. I think it's always really fascinating when Elliot and, and Ruben cover it. Um, it's on YouTube on our our, our YouTube channel. And then um, also uh, next week or n- this next month, we're uh, covering Disco Elysium, uh, which Ooh. is a really really good uh, game, and I I've played a bit of it of it. Um, I did, never actually finished it, so I'm actually really excited to go back and, and play it. Um, I might. Uh, guess on on that episode um uh, i I hope I can because I have a lot to say about it um <laughs> like I, I I've talked about it before but I could do an essay on the first 20 minutes alone of how it uh, breaks uh genre expectations and stuff um and um, I'll probably actually be be streaming at least a bit of the the gameplay of it um oh. on the um doof media discord if not on the the twitch because I don't know if my computer can still handle twitch or not but um yeah so I, I'm really excited for that
1: Nice, nice. Well, all right, I think it's time to get into next week's word. Next week's topic is over competition. So just write a story about any sort of contest, game, or competition, and uh, make sure that you use three of the four words of winner, duck, comment, and
0: laser. So a winner is a person who has won uh, a, a competition of, or, or any sort of contest or any sort mm-hmm. of competition. Um, yeah any sort of thing like that um you know people call someone that that is very successful in life a winner because they win at life i think it's the implication uh a duck is both a noun and a verb so a duck can be the animal the the, the type of bird or you can duck which is to crouch down and uh, the implication is to uh, dodge something that's going to go over your head i think mm-hmm. Uh comment which is t- um to say something uh, in response to something else or it can be a noun referring to the statement itself um and then a laser uh which is a very precise um uh, beam of light or it can be a lot of other things i think laser is actually um a acronym or um what's the, oh, what's really? the word uh initialism is what the word is what does it stand for laser stands for
1: l-a-s-e-r light Abstract, server, erase. No, no,
0: uh, it's not. Nope. Um, it stands for uh, laser. Or er, um, sorry, it's a, laser doesn't stand for laser. Uh, <laughs> laser stands for light application by stimulating emission of radiation. Um, oh, okay. So yeah, a focused beam of light. But also, it can be used as an adjective, like laser-focused uh, precision, mm-hmm. which just uh, implies something very precise. And um, there's other words that also, um yeah it it can be used for so those are the words um i didn't uh, so i chose the 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 prompt uh, of competition because um it's just something you know really uh in the traditions of stories um they show up in some of the oldest stories you know some of the epics have uh you know contests and stuff and so it's interesting to me how it's it's something that uh we view it because it's you know not like part of the natural world it's a very it's entirely a human-based thing right mm-hmm. but it is extremely natural uh or not natural but like endemic or uh normal for humans i suppose th- for mm-hmm. us to have competitions and to to care about them and to invent them and to compete against uh, each other and and the world so uh what's the story that you're gonna write jarvis
1: Oh yeah, so uh, my story is going to be about a critically acclaimed laser tag competition <laughs> where it is two Titan teams, the Red Rockets versus the Blue Beetles in a in an all-out brawl of laser-focused laser gun wielding. They'll be ducking, they'll be jumping, they'll be climbing all over the... Agro uh, and 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 the whole thing is has a has a spectator element because there are two very critically acclaimed commenters uh, both of them fresh off of the super bowl so this will be a pay-per-view only event but i hope you can come out and watch the laser off what a beautiful story thank you Uh, I'll keep it short Uh,
0: my story is going to be about a um, it's also about a laser tag competition but specifically about the duck that became the winner of it Um, and uh, the duck went in there and just blasted everyone left and right uh, knocking them out of the course Um, but afterwards uh, someone made a comment that the duck must have been cheating because it was just using a flashlight
1: Wow. Like okay, a really big, okay. like it
0: was like, like it, it, was like a really big flash, like it, like, he, cause it made it so it didn't have to like aim. Cause it was like a really big, you know, oh, and it was so just, he cheated.
1: Yeah. So he, yep. That's, that's not the right thing to do. <laughs> no, it's not.
0: <laughs> Bye. I'm going to stop.